Hello and welcome to the Trinity Fit Over 40 podcast with me, Rob Burkhead. Today's episode is an incredible conversation with the man that really sold me into meditating to reduce stress and overwhelm and ultimately get more from life, but without losing my determination and edge. And this man is called Arjuna Ishaya. Now, Arjuna is an Ishaya monk, which might sound a bit woo-woo, but essentially he's one of the UK's top meditation teachers, as well as an author of two incredible books. And Arjuna's just about to release his next book, Chasing More and Finding Enough, which will be available next month on Amazon and all good bookstores. And I've had the pleasure of reading a pre-release copy, and I'm not just saying this to be nice, it's absolutely incredible. I think it's something we all need to read. In a society where we're always pushing to do more, achieve more, stress and anxiety and overwhelm seem to just be completely normal and accepted. But Arjuna tells us that it doesn't have to be that way. So in today's episode and in the book, Arjuna reveals how it's possible to have both, to achieve our goals and to be calm, to be contented and to be at peace on the inside. So if you think that sounds good, you're going to love this episode. So without further ado, let's get stuck in to today's podcast. I always find when I read your books, they come exactly the right time. Like I've been a bit stressed out, a bit overwhelmed this month. And um, I started reading it and I was like, ah, this is exactly what I need to start feeling you know, less stressed, less overwhelmed and, and refocus my life. And the first thing I read about in your book was all about um, pushing too hard. That was the bit that stood out to me. And I hear this all the time from clients. So I thought I'd start with this. So they you know, when they're having a bad week with food or with exercise, it's not going as well as they'd envisage. They would say like, I, I need to, I need a big kick up the bum. I need a good shake. <laughs> and what, what's your thoughts then on, on this whole, you know, it's, it seems to be cultural, but we all really push ourselves really hard these days. What are your thoughts on that? We do. Yeah. Well, it, I just, I just, and I, I've just been watching Michael Jordan, you know, the last dance, the documentary, yeah. And someone who is so focused, so intensely pushing and, and, and he's a, he's one of the greatest basketball players of all time. So that's the question for me, but in my life, when I start pushing hard, everything gets sticky and full of friction and I don't get the results that I want. Um, and, and that, that was from an early age. I saw that. And so I started diving into things like Chinese philosophy, which said, um, the, 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 what is it called? Wu Wei, which is usually tr translated as, as not doing. And it's actually poorly translated. It just means not forcing. It means aligning, going with the flow. Um, when you chop a piece of firewood, you don't cut across the grain, you go with it. And a, the smallest amount of force and the whole thing pops open easily. And so I think that's what we've forgotten that we've lost is that we in the attempt to get what we want, we think we have to struggle and kill and bleed to get it. <laughs> and it, it, it's not the case. Um, not the case at all. Yeah, and it's, it's definitely something I see with people wanting to lose weight or, you know, like I work with or with people in terms of work as well, to be honest, the people, you know, I work with women over 40. A lot of them have family responsibilities. They have um, a lot of work responsibilities. And 
they already have like maxed out time wise and probably energy wise, but they feel like they then have to push really hard to do this extra goal as well. Mm. And it doesn't always work that well. And they end up in this next thing that you also mentioned in the book, which is this sort of the greatest problem you talk about is people saying like, you know, I can either be like a monk, I can be really calm and I could give up everything else in my life. Or, and I definitely feel this from time to time. I'm like, oh, I should just, you know, maybe I should just go and live by the sea and do nothing. <laughs> um, and, you know, eat beans every day. Or on the other side, like I have to be this business man or business woman or career person. And I've got to push really hard and achieve all these things. I can't have both. I think that's, that's what it generally feels like to a lot of people I work with. And it's really, really difficult. So you had some interesting thoughts on this again in your, in your new book. So where do you see this manifesting in like, and, and how do you find people struggle with that? Yeah, I, th- I think we just split the two, like, like the cover. I'm sorry, the title, it's either a chase for more, it's ambition, in which case you can't have a spiritual life of peace and contentment because that will, and people have told me this, I, I don't want to lose my edge. I don't want to lose my aggression. Um, or, and equally people are scared to, embark on a a spiritual life because they're afraid of um, losing what they love of giving up stuff that in that sense ambition is not spiritual and it's like how did we get this idea that there's these two aspects of life and you had to choose one because really the times when I felt most connected to myself like in a higher sense the the best version of me were a the most peaceful and content but if I was kayaking or um, having a conversation, those were the times where I was most immersed, the most alive, the most snappy and on point. And um, I, I think we're losing out if we split it into that either or. And, and why I wrote the book, just to say, look, you, you can have a life of ambition and contentment is not complacency, that have both. Be, be let now be enough be wholly satisfied meet the need of the moment and have a have glorious goals see what you can do but you know talking about sports psychology again is you, you have this amazing you want to be a world champion or win a gold medal or be set up your business or whatever it is or lose weight great keep an eye on that but also recognize that you can only do what you can do right here today you know, we, and, and we, we so often just focus on that without making a path and, and looking after the next step and the next step and the next step. And, and psychology is showing that, isn't it? That the, it's not the goal, but the process that counts. It, it's taking care of what you can do today and not worrying about the, the end so much. But yeah, yeah, I just drove myself nuts thinking I had to be a certain way and yet feeling like, well, perhaps there's another way of doing things, you know. So. I thought I thought it was fascinating, actually. And again, you were talking in the book about your brother, who's a, a banker, yeah, like a, quite high up. And again, I work with lots of people in similar jobs. And you you said something about stress. What did he say about stress? He, he said, "I get paid to be stressed." <laughs> I've heard <laughs> that one before. <laughs> and I said, "No, you get paid to be responsible." <laughs> you know, stress does not equal responsibility and clarity and and uh, great intuition and instinct it equals muddiness and confusion and panic and fear and anger you know um 
people get this idea of a spiritual life, of a life of contentment as a, as a flat life, as a life of, of laziness, of, of giving up, of, of not being engaged. And for me, contentment means you're able to be absolutely present. You're not chasing anything. You're not thinking this moment should be different. You're fully able to engage with what's happening and not your ideas of what should be happening. Now, that's invaluable because we can get so lost in the idea that my plan, it's all gone wrong, and yet not being able to respond instantaneously to the conversation, to the, um, to the emergency, to the email. Do you know, we, we, we're so many layers behind reality that we can't deal with it directly. And so for me, contentment is the ability to see clearly, to be absolutely present and see what needs to be done and see where you, you know, that next step is that we want to take to achieve our goals or what have you. And I, I I know the question I think will be on everyone's mind is listening because it sounds great what you're talking about. And I think we've all felt it. Like I certainly have felt that like if I'm on a run with Lucy, my partner and like with the dog and it's beautiful weather, I just Mm -hmm. feel like, you know, suddenly everything's peaceful and calm. I'm sure everyone's had moments like that. but I know the question everyone asks them is how do I get there? We're going to come to that in a minute, but we're going to come back. So if you're listening to this, we'll get onto some practical ways, I'm sure. But I thought, again, another brilliant analogy you made in your book is about this donut life. Hmm. Um, why don't you explain what that is? Because I think that's the life that I definitely feel at times I end up being sucked into and other people I speak to also definitely feel the same way. Yeah. Well, I think if you, if you listen to any interviews with Hollywood people, or rock and roll stars, they, they'll talk of the, if they're switched on and they realize what's happening, they'll, they'll realize this because um, Sylvester Stallone, actually, I, I remember reading a story and he was saying, I thought being rich and famous would make me satisfied and happy. You know, it, it, it would, I thought that would give me a version of success that would fulfill me. And, and what he found that he was forever chasing, forever chasing more. And he would look at his friends and colleagues and go, do you know what? They have, they have a lot of good stuff going on. They have a ton of money, a ton of respect. The reputation's huge. Um, you know, they can't even walk down the street because people want to hang out and take photos. And um, they have all that they wanted, and yet they have nothing that they truly need. You know? And it's this sense of when I achieve my goals, then I will feel complete. And the interesting thing is that that's so true. When you, when you lose that weight, when you um, run that marathon finally, when you build that business or get that app online, it, it, there is such a feeling of like, yes, I really achieved something. But our minds are continually dissatisfied with that as well. They'll, they'll constantly look back and say, well, you didn't win enough. <laughs> you, <know? laughs> you didn't break that record enough. You didn't... Um, all these things went wrong. And of course, do you know what I mean? It, yeah. You'll enjoy like five seconds of, yes, I've done it. And then the mind will go, yeah, but it wasn't that good, was it? <laughs> you know? And and so I saw this from an early age. I, all around me, people were, I was in the outdoor community and, and people were having accidents and dying, um, you know, through, through high-risk sports. And I saw, I didn't want to chase something uh, I didn't want to be on this rat race wheel of dissatisfaction. I knew life was short and I was like, man, I want to make the most of it. But 
so I set up my life. And so I was living by a lake and I was able to kayak and run up mountains and snowboard all winter long. And, you know, I had this, this perfect lifestyle in this most beautiful place of New Zealand, but I was like, I, I have all the things that I want, but it doesn't give me what I need. And I, and I called it the donut life because everything can look so beautiful on the outside, but there's a, there's a hole in the middle, you know, and, and, and that's the, the end result really of that split that we make between or choose uh, material ambition or spiritual fulfillment. <laughs> you know, if you choose either or, and most people go for material fulfillment, we miss out on the, on realizing who we truly are and the, and the deep satisfaction that can come just through being who we are right here, right now, free of self-criticism, free of doubt, free of fear, free of worry that all it's going to, it's going to be taken away from you tomorrow. All the stuff that come, you know, imposter syndrome, all these FOMO, all this stuff that is a part of modern life so much. A spiritual, a true spiritual path removes you from that. It, it gives you such confidence, really such security, but in something that doesn't change rather than, you know, your stocks or your savings or your weight or your relationships that, are, you know, we can do so much about, but are constantly changing, are ultimately beyond our control. So that was a long answer. <laughs> I hope that it made no, sense. That was perfect. <laughs> <laughs> cool. I, I like how you brought it back around to what the, the donut life is, because that was a great depiction of it. And I think, I've, as I said, I've definitely ended up there, you know, quite often and <laughs> have to course correct and go, you know, why is this not working? And you've obviously given me some tools and other, you know, other things I've read and studied and courses have done that help. But I think some of the stuff you teach is the most powerful. So if someone's listening to this and like, right, I get it. You know, I do feel I've got all these things. I'm this place in my career, you know, I'm managing this big team. Um, maybe or maybe not they're succeeding even on their weight loss journey but maybe they're not there with that but they you know there's all this outside you know they've got a lovely house lovely family but they still feel empty inside then what can they do about that like practically or maybe it's not practically because i know i know the how question is uh it's not always the right approach well i i think it's first of all just embrace both realize that you are you perform at your best in whatever all the different roles you have in your life for all the different goals um you perform at your best when you're not stressed you know when you're you're really on point in terms of being present and alive and and connected i can't think of a better word than connected or aligned or that we know that sense of when we're um aligned with with who we truly are and we know when we're spinning out. Um, the fact is, the, the question then is, how do I align more? How do I connect more? How do I get out of the worry and the doubt more? And for me, that was a, began with yoga and sort of meditation and various other cool stuff that like that. But it was all about going beyond the mind and finding my sense of presence, my sense of ability to be in this moment in time to recognize when I was so far gone in the past or the future, when I was so wrapped up in stuff I had no control over, it was really bringing myself back to the present moment and what I could do right now. Um, the Stoics talk a lot about um, how it's never the thing or the person or the event, it's, it's our reaction to it. You know, there's common language, oh, she made me feel a certain way or 
this event made me unhappy. And, and but the fact is, we we are triggered is a good word, and, and you've got to recognize that you can't always control the other person or the situation, or the, we control very little. However, we can control that internal reaction. Um, and for me, a, pr- a practice of meditation and the one I do now, ascension, has really led me to that freedom of choice to to choose my own way. Um, Viktor Frankl, the guy, the psychotherapist who was locked up in the Nazi concentration camps, he said that that was basically the last of the human freedoms was someone's ability to choose their own way, to choose their own attitude and um, gaining like that. It's, it's just a, a habit to, to develop the strength to be able to choose to do that and not let other people or other events or your mind define you or dictate how you feel. Um, is, is incredibly powerful. So some sort of inner practice to calm the mind, to go beyond it is, is everything. I completely agree. We have, a, we have a tool in our program now called the Thought Transformer. As part of a bigger tool, we call the Stress Shield, which is all about using meditation, which mm. you obviously taught me, and then a, a mindset tool to try and get people to, to just take a step back and think of it differently. Mm. I do still find some people though are so trapped, feel so trapped, I should say. <laughs> they feel so trapped that they it's tricky to get out of that point where you just I think it's particularly if you're working for someone. Um yeah. so they 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 give they're being dictated sort of a workload and they're in this job and they just begin, you know, they're working 12 hours a day and they still can't seem to keep on top of it. They've got, you know, they might be a single parent. They've got children to be responsible for. They, they just can't see a way out. And mm. even just taking two, a few minutes out to meditate seems like I just don't have time. I just don't have time to do that. Yeah, obviously they're not feeling great, um, but they just can't see it. So I'm sure you've had lots of people in similar situations. Like, how do you help someone in that situation see a way out of that trap, mm. I suppose? Yeah, yeah. You, you got to recognize it's, and, and, and it would, you know, it would always be a one-on-one conversation. And, and so a, a gen, but as a general kind of, here's the thing is it's always your attitude to the thing, do you know? And that's what you can change. First of all, change your approach to this, and then you can start to change the external circumstances later, you know, as that happens changing your life, changing your relationship with your boss, your workload, um, dealing with your family, taking care of your health, doing fun things, you know, balancing all these balls is, is a learning process. You know, we're going to learn this throughout our life. Like we were just talking about how I'm a dad now and how all the lessons that have come from learning that. And, and yet for me, the, the intuition, the knowing of what I need to do now to meet the need of the moment always comes back to being present so i can i can set various tactics in play i can learn to say no more or ask my boss different questions um, that will allow him or her to uh, lighten or manage my workload you know and and there's various good podcasts about doing all that various good Mm. tactics and stuff Um, but recognize that it's not so much the, the workload out here in terms of reality. 
but how much we carry it inside. Do you know, you, you would have experienced this, that um, the, the fear or the worry about something is never as bad as the reality of the actuality the, when the event comes. You know, you're worried about an event or a social situation or what's going to happen with a certain problem. And that is so much worse than the actual thing when it does occur. Do you know that the, the fear and the, the load on our mind is so much more stressful than actually living through it. Um, so recognize that too, that put your to-do list down. It's the thinking about it that kicks our ass, not so much the doing of it. You know? And if you can stick it on a piece of paper or something like that, then it's out of your head and into another way. And then it's like, okay, what can I, what do I need to do now? What's the, the most important thing? Boom, boom. Do you know what I mean? One thing at a time rather than carrying the whole of life always, which is exhausting. Um, I, I, I feel like, I think you say this in, in your book, but a lot of the answers are already within us. We can, that voice is kind of there saying like, you know, you're killing, you know, you, this is extreme, but you know, there can be that voice like you're killing yourself. You, this is not healthy what you're doing. Yeah, that there's always that voice or whatever it may be, or, you know, this is unsustainable. You, you know, you can't keep going like this. There's that voice. And then we go, shut up. And I think you said that in your book, you just say, shut up, go away. And then you just try and continue push and push. Yeah. And yeah, I think, I think that's so profound what you just said there. Like, you know, if you can slow down enough to listen to it, then I think yeah. it can completely change everything. But for a lot of people, I don't know if you find this, that's the challenge is slowing is it actually listening to the voice we like to ignore it yeah yeah and often you know when you when we've got such a load we don't look at we don't get the maximum amount of sleep for example that we could mm. you know we we come we've been looking after people all day long we come home and we grab the gin and the crisps and we sit in front of the telly till midnight or 1am and that's a pleasurable thing but what would give you much more ability to cope and enjoy what you're doing is going to bed earlier you know making sure that you grab a good snack rather than just something that's going to feed the the need for food you know yeah and, but that kind of investment in ourselves means that tomorrow when you wake up you actually man i don't feel half bad and things get thrown at you and you're a lot more teflon they they don't stick they just hit you and slide off and you're like huh do you know the the, the, the dramas of yesterday become little tiny molehills of today simply because your energy and your clarity and your perspective is so much better. So it's an amazing thing, taking time out to do things that really nourish you and not just sitting on social media, but really truly build you, enable you to deal with all the stuff so much easier. You know? and, and that taking, ironically taking the time out gives you so much more ability to connect in the time in you know? and, and and people always say i don't have enough time but somehow we all have the same amount of time it's just how we spend it so if you're truly thinking this is unsustain unsustainable then really recognize that perhaps there's some habits that you need to cut out um, so you can sustain it so that later on you can make um different choices make changes have different conversations with people and some of those might be difficult conversations but yeah nurture your energy and your clarity because that's the greatest thing you have 
I think there's some great, uh, there's a great point there that I hadn't, we haven't talked about before actually, um, is you talk about like, you know, being spiritual or um, doing these different things so we can feel whole and we can feel content. But there's a lot of things, you know, that there's, there's, there's the spiritual side, but there's a lot of things we can do like in terms of habits or not do that will make getting to that point much harder in my experience. Like what, what kind of things do you see people doing or not doing that, you know, that aren't necessarily directly related to being whole, being spiritual or being content and happy that, that take them away from that? Hmm. I think you, you guys probably bang on about them so much, but it's the usual suspects of um, too much, co- you know, too much coffee too late in the day, um, too much social media, uh, trying to multitask, um, not, not looking after exercise, like just going for a walk can make you feel so much better or sitting down with a journal and just taking the time to put things on paper or, um, stretching, just having a nice yoga class on, you know, the lockdown has been amazing for the amount of free yoga, Tai Chi type stuff, just to really, um, connect, recharge, get perspective. Um, but it's, it's those usual suspects of fast food and social media and staying up too late and not drinking enough water. And, you know, it's, it's amazing how the basics are so essential because they, they allow us freedom, like true freedom. And I'm, I'm glad you get, said that. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and for me being a meditation teacher, I see meditation as one of those fundamentals. I, I, I see it right up there. It just, gives you the foundation so you can live your life your way, a life you're proud of rather than running around like a headless chicken and constantly disappointed that you haven't lost any weight or you haven't had that conversation yet or you're still doing this thing and why don't you just say no to that friend who's so dramatic, you know, all this stuff that we get lost in. And, and it, the Alcoholics Anonymous have an incredible prayer and it says, you know, give me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change. And, and people think that's a spiritual path right there. But they, the prayer also says, says, give me the courage to change the things that I can and the wisdom to know the difference. And, and if you could do those three things and realize that for me, meditation, a spiritual path and inner path gives you those three things, the serenity, the acceptance to go, you know what? can't do anything about this so i will just accept it um i can do stuff about that so i'm going to do something this time put something into process and then the clarity and the wisdom to know the inner voice and to meet the need of the moment it's um like i said we split it though we go well is it serenity or courage (laughs) and it's it's got to be both yeah yeah that dichotomy part i was reading in the book was really profound going away this this is the same problem we see with people about saying i've had a good day or a bad day with food or that's a good food that's a bad food and that's, it can be both you know if you've done a little hard workout maybe a bit of chocolate isn't that bad <laughs> maybe it's fine and it is um you know or if you've balanced out your food out the week you can have a treat at the weekend and it's the same thing just in a more of a sort of more focused smaller version of the whole bigger picture you're talking yeah. about there yeah. and i do want to come on to the book then because one thing i was really interested in you've already written one fantastic book so 200 which i really enjoyed yeah. 
your new book what first of all just for the people listening I don't want to cock up the name <laughs> I was I was thinking about it earlier I was going is it finding enough and chasing more or chasing more and finding enough chasing more and both finding could enough. work <laughs> yeah chasing more and finding enough so chasing more and finding enough what was your actual because you've already released a book and I'm sure you've well, I know you've put loads into that and there's loads to take away from that well, what was your inspiration for writing this second book then well, really, I just kept having conversations with people who, um, like I said, I've got, I do courses with the military and athletes and, and I talk to a lot of self-employed people and, and, and often I'd hear, I don't want to lose my edge. I don't want to lose my aggression. I don't want to do this because it will, it'll mean that I lose my drive. And I'm like, no, it refines it. <laughs> and then I'd talk to spiritual people saying, well, I don't really want to do this because I, I should be content with the way things are. And I'm like, yeah, but you have a, you have a problem here. You need to do something about it. Yeah. And they're saying, well, I should just be able to accept it. And I'm like, no, that's not how it works. <laughs> so it, it's kind of just seeing this, this confusion, I guess, with what is a spiritual path and, and what is a life of taking care of my responsibilities and making sure I want to, I get the stuff that I want. But yeah, it was just, it just, and it, and it really reflected on, on me and realizing that the best times in my life, the most quality um, performance that I could ever bring was really when I was in a completely different state from, from constantly chasing more. And it was a very satisfied, easy, uh, clear way of living. And, and I wanted to kind of convey that a little bit more. Yeah, I think that really comes across and it's, it's fascinating, isn't it? I, I wrote down a note when I was thinking of stuff I wanted to ask you about, about our culture, our Western culture. I guess a lot of us sucked up into the whole thing and I think I am too. And sometimes I'm speaking to five, six, seven, eight clients a day and I'm thinking every single one has the same, is stuck in the same patterns and you know frustrated with the same things. They're stressed or they're overwhelmed. Like... What do you think is the, you, you've obviously lived in different cultures, studied different cultures. What do you think is the kind of underlying, I don't want to say problem, maybe it is problem, but it's leading to people to be overwhelmed and yeah. stressed and dissatisfied in Western culture. Why do you think that is? I think we put far too much value in doing more. You know, we're seeing, we see doing more as achieving more. Um, the classic thing it's like a badge of honor how are you oh, i'm busy i'm so busy <laughs> it's like oh really it, it, we we stress action continuous action and and it you know i was used to be like this i would i would get busy 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 and then i would crash with some kind of flu or cold so i would, I would just be smacked around told to stay in bed I i'm listening cover. to like this thinking <laughs> oh i still do this <laughs> yeah you just you just take on too much. And, and part of it's enjoyment because it's like, yes, I love this. Yes, yes, yes. I'm going to say yes to everything. But we forget that ultimately we're human beings and we need to nurture that as well. And if we, if we lessen the amount of doing and increase the, just the amount of being in the middle of all that doing, the amount of presence, then everything benefits. We don't do that crash recover cycle so much. 
And as if, you know, I, I hired a running coach recently and, and he has me running three times a week and that's it. He said, don't do any more training. And, I'm, and I've snuck in a few bits and bobs because I can't stop. But, <laughs> yeah. but I'm like three times, that's nothing. And he's like, yeah, you, your body needs to recover. And, it, and he's right. It's really working. I'm getting faster with less effort. Um, there's a guy I follow, um, Dan John, who has this thing called mm. easy strength. Same deal. And he says, you know, do 10 reps of five lifts. So not a lot at an easy weight. So something that you're not going to struggle over. So something that's heavy, but you're not struggling. Same deal. I'm, I'm doing this. And then he says, go for a walk. I'm losing weight and getting stronger. It's like, it seems that less is more, but maybe it's just recovery. It gives us the ability to really squeeze the, everything out of the, the action, the, the, the small little bits that we, we are doing. You know, they've shown, I saw the study about learning and the fact is in order to learn anything, you need to stop and switch off. So if you're studying and studying and studying and studying, it doesn't go in. Yeah. You need to study, study, and then stop. Go do something completely different. And, you know, <laughs> you, this is the motor, new, this is your neurons <laughs> in your brain. I got that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they suck up the, the information and take it and learn. And so when you study the next day, it, it, it's there rather than, yeah. So that's the problem is more is not better. More is not better. And yet, everything in this world is focused on that. What's more, what's new, what's different, what's coming. Do you know, it's like this eternal chase for more and, and it's not, it needs balance is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> it's fascinating you say that because people might think I've like, we've talked about this before, we haven't. Hmm. We, so members of our program, we work with women over 40, as I've told you, and a lot of them are very stressed out and just like you said, your running coach said, you're just going to run three times a week. We only do three workouts a week for 30 to 40 minutes with our clients. Low impact strength training is what we call it. So it's gentle on the body. And they think, how can I possibly see progress with that? Yeah. And we're going to eat more food than you've been doing on other diets. You know, not, not a ridiculous amount, but we're not going to starve you either. And they see way better results. There's a lot of scientific reasons behind that. But also I think there's just the general point, like you said, is, more is not always more. A lot of people will come in and they've done like five, six, seven gym classes a week minimum. Some people are even doing two a day and they, their body literally won't change. And they're eating a thousand calories or trying to every single day. And they're just trying to like hammer their body into submission. And especially as you get older, I'm sure you've found this, like I'm not, you know, I'm 31, I'm not old by any means, but already I'm noticing I, I can't do six training sessions a week and and you know and all this work and everything and you just you just burn out and then you have to stop don't you and then take loads of time off yeah. so i thought i just thought that was fascinating you said the same thing with your running the same thing with all this like i think everyone thinks you have to do so much and then then you don't start because you think there's too much and yeah. i can't possibly do it yeah. but talking about someone like michael jordan and that documentary or olympic athletes you know they train two or three times a day and so they're working incredibly physically hard, but then they're doing nothing at all. Yeah. You know, they, they're sleeping eight, nine, 10 hours a night. They're, they're getting massages every day. They're doing everything. They're actively working on their recovery. So all that hard work goes, you know, it gets sucked in. Yeah. So there's this fine balance between overtraining and, and 
and, and growth. And so if you think you can do that and hold down a full-time job and a family and going out to the pub and flicking through social media and staying up and watching TV to one in the morning, you can't, your body just, just goes, Nope, stop. I'm not doing yeah. it. You know, we've got to realize that professional athletes are professional recoverers. <laughs> That's they, a very good point. They do nothing. <laughs> and then you have, People like Elon Musk who have some kind of weird genetics who only need three hours, do you know? But uh, I, I'm thinking that exceptional cases. I'm thinking there's something genetic about that. At least when I've tried that thing of waking up at four in the morning and just going and crushing it, yeah. I can't maintain it. It's, it's that word, it's not sustainable. Um, yeah, there's, I, I wrote about this in the book. I'm working on mm. i think it's 97 percent of people this is the genetic research have normal genes we have to save eight hours a night to perform properly and yeah. for our bodies to function you know to avoid long-term illnesses and then there's three percent who can get away with less sleep that's what they found if they just put people in a lab and they say go to sleep as much as you like you know you've got nothing else to do all day mm. you're in a you know sort of in a prison cell basically but then people just sleep for eight hours but then there's a small percentage of people who don't but the chances of us being in that are very low, I think. Yeah. I, I, would, I would like to assume that most people are not going to be in there. So yeah. as you said, it's all, I think recovery is massively underrated. I think, as you said, our society is so focused on what can I do more, more, more. And I think you say that in the book, don't you? We're human beings, not human doings. Yeah, yeah. And what, what would you like then if, if someone was to read your new book, is out next month we'll talk about that at the end but um if they're to read it what would you what, what would be like i don't want to focus this on success or anything but what what would you want them to come away with or what, what do you think they could come away with if they do go and get your book i would at the very least i'd just like people to relax into life a little more to to not be chasing not doing things at a million miles an hour just to slow down and realize that Everybody, you've got to sniff the roses along the way. It's not mm. going to be a case where you'll get to a finish line and then you can stop and go, ah, you know, there is no finish line. It's a constant, constant journey of becoming and to enjoy it. You know, we really don't know how much time we have. And if you're saying, well, I will stop when I get there, five-year plan, 20-year plan or whatever, you got to enjoy it all the way because that makes it sustainable. And, and that means you really enjoy it and it means you're effective. So yeah, I, I, the biggest thing would be really just relax into life and realize, realize you need a sense of slowing down and you may not slow down physically, but slow down internally. You're just like stopping and appreciating each moment for what it is. So you start to have the days that are extraordinary, not just, gone past in a blur and a haste of stress and I, I got to do this I got to do that got to have that conversation do you know I just and I think more people the more they do that and slow down relax the more they realize that they get more done and they are enjoying it more so, so something along those lines yeah and I, I think you you know the writing's on the wall for people in my experience like if if you're not doing that that's when you get to Friday and you say I need a bottle of wine or I need, you know, I need a takeaway, a bottle of wine or two. And you write the whole weekend off and then 
you just if you I don't know if you feel this way. I feel like if you're on that hamster wheel, that's you know the the it's you know, that's when you you probably want to have a think about changing something. Yeah, yeah. It's and, really and I, easy to get into. I'm sure, oh, like you said, you've got young children. It's it's yeah. not easy. Yeah, yeah. But often people are doing it because they look around and see everybody else doing it. Mm. This is the way we do things. We we run around like headless chickens all the time. And, you know, for me, it, it's amazing having two kids and, and having the, the awareness that spreading my message, like getting the word out there is so important to me, but spending quality time with my kids is so important to me too. Like when they burst in the door of the office, it does, it's not grumpy. It's like, Hey, you guys, you know, it's, they're not going to be small for long. They're, they're going to be snotty teenagers very quickly going, go away, dad, you're a loser. <laughs> yeah. I really, and again, coming back to seeing so many of my friends and acquaintances just checking out, just dying, going away on a trip and just not coming back. It made me realize I, I got to make the most of each and every moment that, that really what's truly important to me, that my definition of success is the sort of work that I do, but also my family and, and, and my fitness because, and, and going kayaking and taking the time to switch off and just do stuff and, and discipline has such a place, but so does just goofing off and spontaneity. And do you know what? It's Friday. Let's go, go to the beach, you know, whatever it is um, of, of working hard, but playing hard and, and, and being flexible enough to take, to enjoy the opportunities as they arise. Um, you know what? That's, that was my biggest takeaway from your first book that still pops into my mind all the time was stop taking life so seriously. Mm. <laughs> I read that chapter. I remember I told you, I think I bumped into someone on the walking to the tube when I used to live in London and I didn't particularly love living in London, but uh, you know, I, I, I embraced it. And, but then I bumped into this person, they went left and I went left and then they went right. And I went right. <laughs> and my initial thought was like, oh, I, I probably swore at them in my head to be honest. And then I, then I heard that voice from that book and oh, yeah. I'm taking this far too seriously, laughed at it and, you know, cracked on and that, yeah, I always find with every book I read, there's just one thing. And I'm not sure what it is yet from the new one. I'm still <laughs> reading it, as I admitted at the beginning. But I'm sure people have a lot to take away from it. And um, I'm really excited to, to keep going. So where, where and when can people find this book then? Well, we just, <laughs> it'll be sometime in June. And it'll just be, it'll be everywhere you can buy books. And uh, I'll be spreading the word and sending you guys a copy. So <laughs> we can... Um, yeah, I'm super excited. I'll, I'll make sure everyone knows. Yeah, so Chasing More and Finding Enough. It's going to yep. be, I'm guessing, on Amazon and in all the other bookstores. Yep, yep, yep. Which is yeah. very exciting. And um, where else can they find out more about what you do, Arjuna? Because, you know, it can help every aspect of life, as we talked about today. Where, where can people find more about you? Yeah, well, well my Facebook page or Instagram, um, Arjuna Ashaya. I think, I. well, anyway, I can... I can tag myself so people can find me. Yeah, <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, we'll put some links. Yeah, or, or, or my website, um, arjunaashire.com. Um, and if anybody needs anything, just shout. I'd love to help out. I'd really I'd just ask if you have a question or whatever. Um, yeah, people say that on these podcasts, but I know for sure with Arjuna, this is true. Just send Arjuna <laughs> a message on Facebook or whatever. He will definitely get back to you and help out. You know? Yeah. So I, 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 I really appreciate you coming on again. And, and sharing you know so much amazing knowledge and 
advice that I think we could all benefit from. Yeah, thank you, thank you. And do you know it's it's all through hard hard experience of of really realizing that when I'm hitting my head against a brick wall type hard work, it it doesn't it doesn't give me what I want. <laughs> you know, and and yeah. Yeah, I think I, I never realized that before. <laughs> yeah, just I would keep hitting my head. And then since obviously working with you and the Ashaya monks through meditation and then all that path, you know, it's been amazing for me. It's been amazing for a lot of our clients that then learned, you know, not exactly the same techniques, but stuff from like what you've taught as well. And um, yeah, I encourage everyone to go and check out what you do. Every single post I read of yours, I'm like, oh, I needed that today. So uh, cool. Cool. No, thank Thanks. you so much. Keep oh. up the great work. I really appreciate you coming on. And um, we'll have to have you on again when you do your next book. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I love writing. And uh, I, I'm looking forward to your one too, seeing all the wisdom in there. But thank you so much, Rob. No, thank you. We'll speak to you, speak to you again soon, Arjuna. All right. Hope you feel better soon as well. I know you Yeah, you too. Said. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> See you soon. Bye. Bye. So thank you for listening to today's episode of the Trinity Podcast. If you've enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to hit that subscribe button inside your podcast app so you don't miss future shows. And also please leave us a quick review. It only takes two minutes. We do all of these shows completely for free to help you. So we'd really appreciate a quick review if it's helped you at all. So thank you again so much for listening and we'll catch you next week for the next episode of the Trinity Podcast.